In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On our parish pilgrimage to the Holy Land last year, one of the first places we visited was the Sea of Galilee, where most of Jesus' early ministry took place. The Sea of Galilee isn't actually a sea. It's a freshwater lake. The Sea of Galilee is continually replenished by the Jordan River, which flows down from the Golan Heights to the north. It's a living body of water, teeming with fish, just as it was in Jesus' time. This is where he recruited his first apostles from among the many fishermen who made their living on the sea. But the Jordan River reforms on the southern tip of the Sea of Galilee so that the water flows out of the sea as well. The southern branch of the Jordan River continues about another 70 miles, where it empties into the Dead Sea in the desert to the east of Jerusalem. We visited the Dead Sea too. Now, why is it called dead, you might ask? Because the concentration of salt and minerals in the water is so great that no fish can live in it. It does create incredible buoyancy, however. People just naturally float on the surface of the sea without any effort. Indeed, it's so buoyant that you can't do a conventional swimming stroke if you tried. You'll just involuntarily flip over on your back, as one of our fellow parishioners learned the hard way. (laughs) The difference between the two bodies of water is down to the fact that the Sea of Galilee has both inflow and outflow, whereas the Dead Sea just has inflow. The outflow of the water from the the Sea of Galilee into the southern branch of the Jordan River carries with it salts and sediments, so they don't build up. The sea thus remains forever fresh. But things dead end at the Dead Sea. There is no outflowing river, so the water can only evaporate under the hot desert sun, leaving behind an ever greater concentration of salt and minerals in which nothing can live. It's the same in our spiritual lives. We are meant to both receive as well as to give. We receive God's love, which is grace. And we are meant to pour out that grace from God in love and service to others. By sharing this grace through love, we are blessed all the more in return. Love is a circular cycle. We receive in order to give, and in giving, we receive more in return. Or we don't. If we don't share the graces that we have received from God, like the Dead Sea, it evaporates from us. We become saltier and saltier until our very souls are inhospitable to life. In the Gospel of John, from what we just heard, unlike the other Gospels, there is no specific mention of Christ's institution of the Eucharist. Instead, John highlights that Jesus washed the feet of his disciples at the Last Supper. Jesus makes clear that the reception of this grace of having their feet washed is meant to show the disciples a new way of living, characterized by this harmony of receiving and giving. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. Indeed, if we were to read just a little farther in John's Gospel, we would hear Jesus say, I give you a new commandment, love one another. As I have loved you, so you should love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. 
This, is the, this commandment is the new covenant that will be sealed on the cross and made present for us in the Eucharist. Jesus does the work of the cross for the atonement of our sins. And in the Eucharist, we receive the grace of that sacrifice. But this grace is meant to be shared by us through a new way of living, a way of living that transforms us from selfish, sinful creatures into loving and self-sacrificing Christians. Now, in truth, none of us could duplicate the work of Christ on the cross. That was the complete expenditure of the sinless life of Jesus in obedience to the Father and in perfect love for the salvation of sinners. Even if we had the will to make a perfect act of loving sacrifice, we've already sinned and fallen short. Whatever else we might be, we aren't lambs without spot or blemish. But by the grace of our baptism, and strengthened especially by the Eucharist, we can genuinely love. Because in loving, if imperfectly, in the imitation of Christ on the cross, we can make our lives a sacrifice for others. As bodily creatures, we are finite in this life. We have only so much time, energy, or resources. But this is far from a limitation as far as love is concerned. Instead, it is our finitude that makes our love possible. If we had an infinite amount of money, sharing it with those in need would not be an act of generosity. If we could be every place at once, visiting the sick or the homebound or the imprisoned would mean nothing. If we could befriend all, our friendship would be nothing special. If we had limitless hands, a gentle touch of consolation would be something that we could give to everyone rather than to someone. This is true even of Christ's sacrifice. Even if the the Eucharist can be infinitely made available whenever there is bread, wine, and a priest ready to offer it, it was Christ's singular incarnation and death on the cross that made it possible in the first place. Because love is the very expenditure of our limited creaturely selves for the sake of others. It's love because it is a consequent choice, the choice to spend ourselves here rather than there, in prayer rather than on the internet, in front of the abortion clinic rather than in front of the television, at the homeless shelter rather than at the mall. As St. Paul reminds us, Christ instituted the sacrifice with these words, this is my body given for you. These are not just the words of Christ anticipating his sacrifice on the cross, nor are they just the words of the priest making the sacrament present for us. They are, in fact, the real meaning of the words, I love you. In whatever vocation, marriage, priesthood, or consecrated life, or in whatever good work we do, it is the giving over of the finite body for the sake of the other that is the principle of Christian love. Tonight, we receive that anew in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Tomorrow, and until we breathe our last breath, we are meant to give it away to others. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.